Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From parts unknown in the state of Texas, (laughs) although Pickle's in Louisville, I can tell you that much. Uh, It is Texas Football Today a show that's returned to the bunker. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting in this, my home office, Sitting at the palatial Dave Campbell's Texas Football Studios in beautiful, crime-free Louisville, Texas. She is the Duchess of the Dorks, and she's nice enough to crop the shot so that you can't see all the crap on my desk. <laughs> she's Ashley Pickle. Hey, man, I'm proud of your lighting. Like, I feel like we've, we've made oh. some big steps here. Oh, can I tell you how basic I am? Yes. Here's how basic I am. I got a ring light. That's right. So great. This is a ring light. It's a ring light. Um, And so I'm going to follow up today's show with a makeup tutorial. And so if you guys stay tuned, we'll be doing because that's what I that when when I think of ring lights, when I think of ring lights, that's what I think of. I think of like makeup tutorials on YouTube. Well, I will say with your blinds behind you, it kind of looks like you have like a little halo going on, which we know is just not accurate like little horns maybe it does look good not the halo (laughs) um so and and i'll tell on a friend of mine uh but sarah merrifield our 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 colleague at fox sports southwest her instagram is always full of like these really like um like glamorous shots of her like just like sitting around drinking coffee and stuff like that and so i texted her one day and i was like who who comes over and takes these beautiful photos of you yeah and she was like, she was like, can I tell you? It's it's on a it's a ring light with a remote. And by the way, oh, oh. Did you get a remote? Oh, yes. Tep's Instagram is so, about to be next. My level. IG, because I'm quarantining for the next couple of weeks, my IG is about to blow up. <laughs> uh, do we have first fourth in the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Flynn, Ed McElroy, Aaron Arbuckle, and Rob Hadaway. The gang. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in, friends. Today's Monday, November 16th, 2020. Ten days till Thanksgiving. Like, I'm glad I don't have Thanksgiving plans. We're just going to stay home anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be me, Jen, and Hank, or me, my wife, and Hank. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. Uh, uh, episode 1068, 
1068 is the Mason Tobin episode. He's 1068 alphabetically in Texas Rangers history. Uh, he played four games in 2011. So there's that. On today's show, friends, uh, we're going an hour-ish. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're going to have Monday morning fallout. We're going to reveal Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. Uh, we will reveal the final entries into each of the UIL 100 lists, 100 players, 100 teams, 100 rivalries. So now, after today, you can legitimately yell at us about who didn't make the list. Uh, we'll reveal Which, the Mr. Tech Football Player of the Week nominee. Go ahead. Sorry. We're going to peel back the curtain here. Still waiting on those graphics, so we might have to push that back a little bit, but we will get it in. Kendall. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Tech Football Player of the Week nominees. Uh, uh, Dave Campbell's Tech Football Teams of the Week. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Dave Campbell's Tech Football. We do Coaches of the Week, don't we? Yes. Did you get that right and I sent it wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I have them in. It's, I have okay. them in. Well, it's okay. Okay, we'll do Coaches of the Week. Uh, and then we'll round it all out with a nice campus crawl. Look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. So we will get all that today. Thanks for hanging with us on this uh, unique episode of Texas Football today. Pickle, hit the air raid siren. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and there is plenty to overreact to in this uh, out coming off of week 12, which was also the first week of the small school playoffs. So a lot to overreact to. We'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, chalky, except when it's not. I think if you take a look overall at the first round of the 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A Texas high school football playoffs, the overwhelming feeling you're going to get is, okay, yeah, it held the form. Like there just wasn't a ton of, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of chaos. There wasn't a ton of like on balance. There weren't all these crazy things that happened. There's always one week of the playoffs. It seems like where everything goes crazy town banana pants. This was not it. Like this was most of the favorites won. Many of the favorites won very handily. Uh, many of the games were not in doubt. Uh, just like that, right? It was pretty chalky. But where it wasn't, it wasn't in relatively shocking ways. The upset of the week is Nevada Community beating Glenrose. Yeah. That is a game that it's not just an upset. That is not a game I gave a second thought to. Here is my, here is my complete un- pregame analysis for Glenrose and Nevada Community. Glenn Rose playing Nevada community. So we'll see Glenn Rose in the second round. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like that was, it was, it was one of those games that you don't even like you, you read it on the list of games and you don't like, you don't stop. You say next game, Uh, a shocking, shocking win, but a great win for the Braves. Um, They were one of 12, four seats Mm -hmm. to advance through the playoffs. 12. That means they went. So 12 of 96, 12 of 96, four seats in the 11 man ranks. Uh, won their games. I don't think, I was thinking about this. I don't think that's the equivalent of a 16 beating a one in, in the playoff and in, in the March Madness. That, that's a little bit too extreme to me. I do think it is the equivalent of like a 13 beating a four. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you think that's fair? Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, one in 16, that happens 
almost never. So but, it's happened once, basically, and well, twice. twice if you uh, has that been yeah, twice or three times? Yeah, and then there was one, at least one in the play, in, in in and there was at least one in the women's, maybe two. So at least one. That's, anyway, that's like the one where you're when we always do the looking at the odds thing. Almost never happens, but yeah, a a thirteen and four type of thing where it's really unlikely, but it does happen, and it's just as exciting when it does. Right, I would agree. Right, exactly. And so, what I want you to think about is that would be the so 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 twelve percent. That's basically twelve percent of the four seeds that made it through the playoffs. That or that that made it. That would be really impressive. Like if that happened in the in the March Madness. But we had 12 seats. I, I would say the other one that really surprised me was Lexington's win over East Bernard. I mentioned it. Man, go back go back and watch Bracketology. I mentioned that. I said, I was like, look, Lexington is a super high ceiling team. It, uh, is is, is, is uh, going to shape the, the playoffs going forward. Thought number two, COVID strikes back. And we don't like to talk about this here, but that is the story of college football in Texas right now. Um I believe we had three FBS games canceled last week. We've got at least two this week. If you missed the news this morning, Texas A&M's game with Ole Miss has been postponed. I shouldn't say canceled; it's been postponed. Um, they will not play. They, they're not playing that game this week. UAB and UTEP already got already got canned. Um, and 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 that is it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes from now because for the college football ranks, they're running out of time. And it's not like I would say, actually, uh, I think high school is in a better position to absorb cancellations and rejigger the schedule on the fly than colleges. Because college has so many different moving parts to get a game together, right? They have to move these things around. They have to do these things. Uh, with high school, they can just play the five-day rule and just say, okay, well, we'll play Monday, and then we'll play Saturday, and then we'll play Thursday, and then we'll play or Wednesday. Or Thursday. It like, goes on and on. That's what's going to be really interesting here is if these cancellations and postponements continue in the college ranks, um, where do where do we go from here? Because we're kind of running out of time to finish the college football season. Uh, and thought number three, big school breakouts or breakthroughs, rather. I think I sent you. Yep. Um, either way. Either way it works. <laughs> um, Obviously, a lot of attention is going to be paid to the playoffs because the playoffs have more at stake. But I thought there were a number of results in the big school ranks, 6A and 5A, that were particularly noteworthy. Um, I thought that Manville's big win over Richmond Foster is a pretty big statement. Um, what Manville did, they beat them 66 to 28. This is a Manville team that we thought was a year early, and they still may be. But all that does is make them extremely scary in 21. Um, they're already scary in 2020, uh, but they absolutely dominate Richmond Foster. Extremely impressive from the Mavericks. I thought Texas High's win over Longview Pine Tree in a game that we had circled was extremely impressive. Now, from what I understand, um, uh, DJ Freeman got nicked up in this game, uh, but I believe the game was pretty well in hand at that point. Um, but but Texas High, Texas High, I know that they are not in a major metro area, right? But it's time to start taking them really seriously. Like that defense is legit. And the way that their offense is going uh, with the balance that they have is extremely impressive. Um, uh, Texas high that one. Allen beats Denton Geyer. And that is a game that the score is a lot closer than it actually was. Right. Allen jumped all over Geyer. And, and I thought throttled them 
for the majority of that game. And uh, that was a statement to me. I still, they did not, they did not necessarily quell my concerns. Allen didn't about their defense. I think their defense is still leaves a little bit to be desired, but there ain't no doubt if they're going to get that, if they're going to run the ball like that, if they're going to run the ball like that, it may not matter what kind of defense they have. Cause that was extremely impressive uh, well, from the Eagles. The other one I wanted to mention, go ahead. I think Allen knew going into that game too. They had been in the, Oh, you're in the Plano district, you know, like, do they really have that that dif- that district where you can get some actual competition out of it? And it's like, yeah, we do now, and we did our thing. Yeah, don't doubt us anymore. Yeah, I think that yeah, that was a big question, right? That the district decidedly got tougher with Den Geyer and Prosper. They passed arguably their biggest tests with flying colors. Um, and yeah, it was extremely impressive from Allen. And then Duncanville's win over Cedar Hill, twenty-eight fourteen. Um, the, that that Duncanville defense is nasty. Like I know they're replacing a lot of pieces, but that Duncanville defense is really nasty, and they're going to be a problem going forward. Um, and and to hold that high-powered Cedar Hill attack just fourteen points is extremely impressive. So there were some big school uh, things of note uh, of, of in this week as well. Uh, let's get to my three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for center running back Kamadre Horse, but they call him Red. Two hundred seventy-one yards and three touchdowns for center in their come-from-behind victory. Texas Tech kicker Jonathan Garibay, um, pretty much wow. their most impactful player on Saturday in the butt bowl. Um, <laughs> that was – he kicks the game winner. He kicked like a 47-yarder earlier in, in, in the game. Um, he was responsible for almost all of their scoring – uh, and and we got a great piece up on him. Uh, Shahan Jairaja, our college football insider, has a great piece up on him on TexasFootball.com. You should read. It's a really, really cool story about Jonathan Garibay, a helmet sticker for him. And a helmet sticker for Bernie defensive back Houston Hendricks. Nine tackles, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, two interceptions, and he returned one of those interceptions for a touchdown. So a helmet sticker for Bernie defensive back Houston Hendricks. Three teams to watch. Team to watch. George West, George West, uh, put it on, uh, put it on, uh, stock or rather, uh, Odom last week. That's one of those fours over, over ones. Odom was a district champion in that one. Uh, but George West 49 to 12 over Odom, extremely impressive, jumped all over them. They got a huge game on the ground, uh, running for 343 yards, most especially from their, uh, their sophomore quarterback, Jake Snyder, who ran for 179 yards and four touchdowns. Keep an eye on George West. They get Buffalo this week. That is a really interesting test. Keep an eye on the Longhorns, George West. Stephen F. Austin, you know, we haven't talked a ton about the small school ranks um, because basically there hasn't been much small college action. But all of a sudden, Stephen F. Austin has won five straight. They beat Angelo State, they beat uh, uh, Allen Christian, they beat Western State, they beat Eastern Kentucky, and then this past week they beat Pittsburgh State 26-7. to uh, They play in – I believe they play this week against Memphis. They will probably not win that game in my opinion. But overall for a schedule that was thrown together at the last second and after three weeks uh, where they lose to UTEP, UTSA, and SMU, uh, they have kind of figured it out. And they're sitting there at uh, – they, they've won – in fact, six in a row. They've won six in a row because they beat West Texas A&M on the third. So – uh, uh, keep an eye on Coach Carthel's squad. Their season's wrapping up this week, but but certainly keep an eye on what uh, the Lumberjacks are doing. Uh, and finally, Columbus. You know, we talked about this coming into the week that Columbus that this was a um, uh, a real bellwether game 
uh, Columbus and Rockdale. And what Columbus went out there to do, and, and their defense absolutely stymieing uh, and then a very high-powered Rockdale attack, it's very impressive, very impressive. I think it's pretty clear uh, that District 12 ended up going 3-1 and one in their by-district round. The only team that, that lost was, uh, was the four seed. Um, that is Columbus is, is going to be a problem. And I think that district 12 is going to be a problem in three, a division one, uh, there in region three. So, that was one uh, those are three I teams that I was very like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. This, this isn't a pretender. This is a contender. Well, yeah. And we had highlights on, on Fox. Uh, I can't remember who was there, uh, but we had, we had, we had a reporter down there at Fox and it was really impressive. They took charge of that and ran the ball rally. Got a great game from the quarterback, Ty Thomas. Very impressive from from Columbus. Keep an eye on them. Three to see. Three games to watch this upcoming weekend. Len passes in Corpus Christi Miller. Eight o'clock Saturday at Ferris Stadium in San Antonio. Um, I'm gonna go. Okay. We had. I will just say this. Here's a here's a, a stone cold guarantee for Corpus Christi Miller and Lane passes. Stone cold guarantee. You remember Lexington and East Bernard? That it was zero to zero going into the second overtime. Here's a stone cold guarantee. That will not happen in this game. No. That's a lock. No, they're it's a lock. Oh, uh, that two high powered offense is going out. I'm really excited about that. Step one. will be, uh, will be a lot of, for that one. Uh, yeah, that game kicks off at eight. It may not end till three. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad Steph's not on deadline. Uh, 11 a.m. Saturday, Houston and SMU. The battle of uh, two of the two, yeah, the two best non uh, uh, group of five teams in Texas. Uh, you know, apologies to the UTSA. Uh, this is this is a game we've been, we've had circled. Uh, Houston coming off a big win over South Florida. SMU coming off of a heartbreaking loss to Tulsa. How do they handle that? That's going on 11 a.m. Saturday uh, there and in, in in Dallas. And then biggest game of the weekend. It's 6.30 p.m. Thursday night in Garden City. The Balmeray Bears and the Jayton Jaybirds play in the 1A Division II area round. Uh, I will talk more about this this week. I think there's a fair argument to be made that these are the two best teams in 1A Division II. And if that's the case, then this is going to be fantastic and could be for at least the driver's seat to win a state championship. So uh, Balmeray and Jayton, three to see. That's three to see. That is Monday morning fallout. We're Texas Football. Today, we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, te- Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to unveil its Week 13 statewide Texas high school football rankings at texasfootball.com. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected ranked Texas high school football rankings for decades. It is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Complete rankings can be found at texasfootball.com slash rankings. So, editor's note. Yeah. I am the editor. <laughs> editor's note. Uh, this is only rankings for, for, uh, for teams that are for uh, classifications that are not in the playoffs yet. So as a result, we are only doing rankings for 6A, 5A, and the private school ranks. Everything else stays the same. There, there's no point in doing rankings in the playoffs because they sort themselves out. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is what we're, uh, we're going to do. We're going to have the 6A, 5A, and private school rankings the rest of the way. Let's start with our 6A rankings where 
a little bit of changes uh, here, especially at the bottom of the rankings. Um, one of the big movers this week, um, one of the big movers this week uh, is, is, is Bridgeland. They, they uh, leapfrog uh, Cedar Hill, who drops a spot after their loss to uh to Cedar or to Duncanville rather. Um, Denton Geyer drops four spots from number 11 to number 15. Allen does stay the same because there's nowhere else really for them to go. They stay the same at number four. Bottom of the rankings, a little bit of churn. And new to the rankings, number 25, Tom Ball Memorial. 49 to 20 winners over Klein Forest. Everything else more or less about the same. Uh, San Antonio Johnson did nudge up a spot to number 24. To 5A Division One we go. Where we do have some movement, Manville up a spot to number five after their big 66 to 28 win over Richmond Foster. Lubbock Coronado up a spot. Longview, even though they were idle, is up a spot. Frisco Lone Star up a spot. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, even though they're idle, is up a spot. We decided to keep Richmond Foster in the rankings at number 10. We, we thought about this a lot, and there's a couple of other teams that could have an argument to be number 10. I think I still believe – I think I'm willing to forgive them for one game against a top-five team, what's now a top-five team, uh, and, and keep them in the rankings. But they don't they, – they basically lost their margin for error. There were top three – top four of the rankings unchanged, Denton, Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, and Cedar Park. 5A Division Two, we go where almost entirely chalk, almost entirely chalk, one through nine unchanged, NS, Alito, Fort Bend, Marshall, Huntsville, Frisco, Texas High, Timberview – Wichita Falls Rider and Lubbock Cooper round out the top nine, but you'll notice that I only said the top nine. That's because we do have a number 10 team entering the rankings uh, as a result of A&M Consolidated's loss uh, to Montgomery Lake Creek. New to the rankings, even though they were idle, they were just kind of waiting there. Liberty Hill back into the rankings at number 10. Uh, they were idle. They are 6-0 and on the year. To the private school ranks we go, where... We have some major movement in the 11-man ranks. Well, We had number one versus number two, and Fort Worth-Nolan, impressive win over previous number one, Dallas Parish Episcopal. That earns them the number one spot in the rankings. Everyone in two and three move up a spot. Trinity Christian, Cedar Hill, and San Antonio Cornerstone, both idle. They leapfrog Parish Episcopal, who dropped to number four. Dallas Christian lost via forfeit to uh, Bullard Brookhill. We do not penalize them for that. As a result, they remain the same at number five. And the six-man ranks, it is entirely chalky. Uh, Austin Veritas, Fredericksburg Heritage, New Braunfels Christian, and Bastrop Tribe consolidated all winners to remain one through four, respectively. Dallas Lake Hill Idol stays at number five. So those are the week 13 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. You can find complete rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. And now I'm going to look at Pickle into the camera. Oh, we do have it. Good. Yeah. Just making <laughs> <My> sure. <God. laughs> That's all we need. Okay. So then, uh, I'm glad you told. I'm glad you sh showed me that because I wanted to make sure I wasn't stepping on your Anyways, toes. We got it. <laughs> uh, good. We we're waiting for some graphics. Okay. So, in celebration of 100 years of tech, UIL Texas high school football, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football teamed up to honor the best, the brightest, and the most unforgettable icons and legends in the sport's illustrious history. With the help of some of the state's foremost experts and historians, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football will honor 100 of the greatest players to ever suit up in Texas, 100 of the finest teams to ever grace the gridiron, and 100 of the most fabled rivalries that give the game its one-of-a-kind flair. Each week throughout the 2020 season, Dave Campbell's Texas football will announce 10 honorees on each list, 
an indelible honor to be known as one of the greatest in Texas high school football history. Fans will then have the opportunity to vote for which of the best of the best, uh, which they think it deserves a spot on the UIL Fans' Choice 100. It all leads up to a celebration as big as Texas, celebrating the UIL's 100 players, teams, and rivalries, and Fans' Choice Top 10 in each category at the UIL Texas High School Football State Championship Games at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. This is the last week. This is the last week. And so these are the final entries into each list. We will start with 100 years, 100 players. These are the final entries into the UIL 100 years, 100 players list. Dallas Carter linebacker Jesse Armstead. San Antonio Jefferson running back Kyle Rote. Highland Park quarterback Bobby Lane. Paris wide receiver Raymond Berry. Dallas Roosevelt offensive lineman Richmond Webb. Lubbock Estacado defensive back Jerry Gray. Odessa Permian linebacker Brett Hager. Fort Worth Arlington Heights offensive lineman Blake Brockermeyer. Refurio defensive back James Lott. And Bremond quarterback Rashad Paul. Those are the 10th, 10 final entries into the UIL 100 years, 100 players list. You can vote for which of these players deserves a spot on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. Let's go from 100 years, 100 players to 100 years, 100 teams. These are the newest entries into the UIL 100 players or 100 years, 100 teams list, rather. 1985, Houston Yates. 1999, Midland Lee. 2013, Allen. 1933, Greenville. 1968, Austin Reagan. 1983, Bay City. 1954, Phillips. 2007, Katie. 2007, Richland Springs. And 1957, Corsicana Jackson. The final entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Teams list. You can find the complete list as well as vote for the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. Finally, let's get to 100 Years 100 Rivalries. The uh, These are the final 10 entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Rivalries list. Longview versus Marshall. Liberty Hill versus Burnett. John Tyler versus Tyler Lee. Lamarck versus Galveston Ball. New Braunfels versus Seguin. Amarillo versus Amarillo Paladuro. Academy versus Rogers. Thorndale versus Thrall. Marshall versus Texas High. And Memphis versus Wellington. Those are the final 10 entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Rivalries list. You can see the complete list, as well as vote for which of these 10 you think deserves a spot on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. You can find all of the UIL 100 stuff at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. So there is that pickle. We did it. Yeah, we got it in. Look at that. We did. I'm glad that we got those graphics. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was sweating a little you know. bit. No, it's right. it's just one of those days. It happens. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award, or Player of the Week Award, rather, to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at 1229 and 55 seconds, TexasFootball.com will announce 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com for which player you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 12 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Let's start with 
If I can find it. I got it. Love against Chicago wide receiver TJ Steele caught six passes for 236 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 49 yards in a score and he averaged 43 yards per punt just for fun. Frisco Independence quarterback Braylon Braxton, 14 of 24, 326 yards and five touchdowns passing. He also ran for 125 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Beckville quarterback Ryan Harris. 274 yards and four touchdowns rushing, and he threw for 63 yards and a touchdown through the air for Beckville. They beat Shelbyville. Cisco quarterback Hunter Long ran for 271 yards and four touchdowns and also threw for 124 yards and two scores. Belleville running back Richard Reese carried the ball 12 times for 265 yards and six touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Oh, six touchdowns. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I will see your Richard Reese and raise you Wheeler athlete Heston Marshall, who carried the ball 16 times for 388 yards and five touchdowns. Wheeler athlete Heston Marshall up for Mr. Textual Player of the Year. Hold on. I'm going to do that quick math real quick. Hold on. Yeah. 388 by 16. He averaged 24 yards a carry. Goodness. That's pretty good. Rawls running back and linebacker Bryson Jones ran for 117 yards and three touchdowns. He caught, he had 80 yards and a touchdown receiving. He had 14 tackles, two forced fumbles, and he returned a fumble for a touchdown. So there's that. Mount Vernon quarterback Brock Neller threw for 326 yards and five touchdowns, ran for 122 yards and a score. Langham Creek quarterback Tanner Murray. This is pretty crazy. 384 yards and two touchdowns passing, 209 yards and three touchdowns rushing. He went 380 and 200. That's nuts for Langham Creek quarterback Tanner Murray. And finally, Orange Grove wide receiver Connor Eulenfeld caught 16 passes for 220 yards and four touchdowns. So those are your Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. You can vote now. Vote early, vote often, vote now, I should say, at texasfootball.com. Is it just me, or does that just continue to get crazier and crazier each week? Uh, it gets more ridiculous. Um, yeah, it gets more ridiculous. And theoretically, yeah, the games exactly. are supposed to be getting more difficult, and these kids are still doing that, which is the craziest part. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. All right. Finally, Pickle, let's do this. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one coach from each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach honored with this honored or honored with this award uh, typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week Twelve. Like I keep thinking, I'm not used to saying Week Twelve. Numbers. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not used. To, I'm, I've never numbers. said Week Twelve before. Yeah. Yes. Your Week Twelve. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week in Six A. Stephen Dixon from Houston Heights. Coach Dixon's Bulldogs did what no Houston ISD team has done in 10 years, beat Houston Lamar as Heights knocked off Lamar 22-21 in overtime to end the Texans' 72-game district winning streak. In 5A, Jeff Harbert from Frisco. Coach Frisco's Raccoons <clears throat> improved to 6-0 and 4-0 in District 7-5A Division 2 with a dominant defensive effort, knocking off Denison 23-3 to earn a key road win, put Frisco high in contention for the district title. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 4A, Frank Cantu from Raymondville 
Coach Cantu's squad only had the chance to play one regular season game due to a combination of a late start and cancellations due to COVID-19. In their bi-district matchup against Divine, the Bearcats started off slow, falling behind 21-0. But Raymondville showed incredible heart and determination, rallying back to stun Divine 28-27 to advance in the 4A Division II area playoffs. In 3A, Ty Robinson from Woodville. Coach Robinson's Eagles were tested, battle-tested, heading into the playoffs, and Woodville showed why they might be the the state's most dangerous four-seed as they rolled past district champion Cold Spring 41-28 to advance in the 3A Division I playoffs. In 2A, Ross Lasseter from Olton. Coach Lasseter's Mustangs knocked off New Deal for the first time since 2011 and in their first playoff win since 2009 with a thrilling 35-33 win to open up the playoffs. In 1A, Jeff Jones from Garden City, facing facing district champion Fort Davis on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Coach Davis's or Coach Jones's Bearcats were unfaced, getting 96 yards and two touchdowns on the ground from Jordan Jones in a 56-25 district victory. And in the private school ranks, David Bowden from Fort Worth Nolan. In a battle of number one versus number two in the private school ranks, Bowden had his Vikings ready for battle, rallying from a 14-0 halftime deficit to soar past top-ranked Parish Episcopal. 31-14. So those are your Week 12 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. Thanks for what you do for your teams, schools, and communities. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. All right, Pickle, let's round out the show with a nice campus crawl. A look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas and what they were up to this weekend. We will go in alphabetical order this week. We will start with Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Baylor, who played in the Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Butt Bowl. So great. And looked Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Bad. Hank's doing phonics. Um... Look, I'm um. This is what I get. This is what I get for picking Baylor. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pretty sure was this a push? Yeah, to one point. Yeah, so it ended up being a one point game. So that's a push. I gotta address my free money. Um, I'm just not sure, man. I mean, the thing is that they they continue. They continue. I mean, they basically they only scored one touchdown mm-hmm. offensively. The, I mean, their other touchdown was from a Jalen Petrie interception return, which was like the easiest pick six of all time. And Tech is not good. We'll get to Tech. Tech is not very good. But this, like, I don't know what's going on with this team because they are not playing up to their paper. They're not playing as well as they can. Part of it is quarterback. Charlie Brewer has regressed. I think that is clear to anybody who can watch this. I think I think part of it is obviously there's a coaching change that's going to have something to say that's going to have something to do with it, but this team just does not they do not have a their team to have a knack for the moment and Baylor's the opposite of that Baylor when they need a big play it seems like they can never get it like they had the biggest play of this game the biggest play of this game was Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, uh, catching a, a pass on, uh, in the flat on like second and 25 as they're driving for a game-winning field goal. And and Baylor straight up missing like two tackles and he gets the first down. That's the biggest play of the game. That swung the entire game. In fact, I believe, yeah, that took the game, that one play 
took the game from, according to ESPN's like win probability, from 80, 80% Baylor to 60% Tech. Okay? That's a 30 percentage point swing. 40 percentage point swing. Like, that is and, – and it's just because they didn't tackle. Like, I don't know. This – like, this team is – I don't know if I'm ready to go so far as to say that they're broken, but something's broke. Did you see Urban Meyer's clip on the Fox College game day set talking about – Okay, he talked about it's like you can't just – and Baylor's a prime example. It's not like all these really good D1 players just suddenly got bad – I don't think that necessarily like David Randa, I still feel like is probably a pretty good coach. There's something wrong, like in the locker room since there of they're not showing any effort. It doesn't look like they're buying into like, this is a culture problem is what this game looked like to me. I think there's something culturally that they need to figure out and get sound or else things are not going to get better. There, there's something. Somebody like I don't know if there's a there's a, a leadership problem from the player's perspective, but something is not good. Anyway, so Baylor's one and five. By the way, uh, let's go to Houston. From bad news to good news, mm-hmm. uh, Houston did what you should do to a bad team, and that is pummel them. They pummeled South Florida, and this is another game that they they won fifty six twenty one. It was not that close. It was not that close. They were up 42 nothing halfway through the third quarter, and then it just kind of became garbage time stuff here and there. Uh, they kind of traded some scores, and, and it was – it like this was an absolutely dominant win from, from Houston. Um, I thought Clayton Toon was good, but I thought that what really paced this team was I thought they got a really nice running game from Chandler, Chandler Smith, Mulbacar, Keelan Walker. Everybody ran the ball pretty well. All of them averaged more than six yards per carry. Clayton Toon ended up uh, running for two touchdowns, throwing for three. He was good, but he's not the star for me. The defense also stepped up big. They scored on special teams. They scored on defense. Uh, yeah, that was great. That's what you should do to a bad team like South Florida. Uh, so Houston's three and three. They will now draw SMU next week. Uh, Rice. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we got North, North Texas. Mm-hmm. North, it's all the same. North Texas. Five weeks play. now. Coronavirus. They have not played since mid-October. Yep, the 17th. Man, that's wild. Uh, they're going to try again this week, though. Against? Um, <laughs> Rice. Rice. Did not play. Coronavirus. Uh, they did not Which play. So we, we have to... good about this weekend between those two teams. Like... Uh, now, from what I understand... It, okay, now to, to bring up that point. From what I understand... Rice is supposed to play UAB, is that right? This week? No, North Texas yes. was supposed to play no. UAB. Right? UAB. They had to cancel because UAB, because UAB had UAB. coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And then Rice was supposed to play Louisiana Tech? Tech. No, who are they supposed to play? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were supposed to play Louisiana Tech, and Louisiana Tech had coronavirus. So, theoretically, theoretically, North Texas and Rice should be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll Count see. Count your chickens. <laughs> um, yes. Um, SMU. Oh, this one's going to haunt them. This one's going to haunt them. Uh, they had that game one. Uh, they, I mean, this was a team. I mean, look, this team was up 24 to seven at halftime. They were up 24 to seven with three minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, and a complete collapse down the stretch. Um, 
Uh, Shane Bouchelle throws a, a critical interception. They're trying to drive for the win. Um, look, the, the se- this was kind of our fear. One of our fears was that the secondary was just was was not as good as it had shown, mm-hmm. and Zach Smith kind of exposed them. Um, and just that's one they're going to want back. That's like that basically knocks them out of conference title contention. Um, I think they were probably already out of conference title contention, but there's really no doubt about it now. Yeah. Super disappointing. Um, you know, look, I thought that that I think I think Shane Bouchelle's going to want that game back. I don't think he was very good. He wasn't very sharp. Um, and and they probably should have done better to to, you know. Bottom line is it's hard to blame the defense. I think holding Tulsa to twenty eight points is pretty good. I mean, they they need to come up with a couple of plays that they couldn't do. The offense just kind of didn't didn't they didn't show up in the way that they needed to. We know that this is the team. This is who SMU is. Their defense is okay, but they are an offensive minded team that probably needs to score in the thirties every game. And if they had scored in the thirties, they would have won. Um, and so yeah, it's it's super disappointing. I, that's one they're going to want back. That's 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 one that's that's up there as one of the more the more gut punchy losses for SMU uh, in this in the Sunny Dykes era. It, it stinks. So uh, they get Houston this week. So from SMU, we go TCU. Speaking of popcorn farts, um, yuck, man. They looked awful. I mean, this was this was this was all of our fears about at TCU kind of rolled up into one. Which is honestly, yeah, the defense got torched a little bit on the ground. Letty Brown had a big game. Um, they got torched a little bit on the ground. But the name of this game is that they were not able to move the ball offensively. They're six for 14 on third down. They were held under 300 total yards. Um, Max, Max Duggan was okay, but he threw for 161 yards and a pick. Like mm-hmm. they, they were not able to establish the run in a way that was meaningful. They, they got some, and by the way, those numbers are inflated. They got some garbage time kind of pat statting there at uh, stat padding, pat statting, uh, stat padding at the end of the game. Um, disappointing. Uh, I think West Virginia is pretty good. They're decent, but, but for TCU to no show offensively really concerns me. Um, and, and yeah, look, this was a, this is a, a, you know, they were, they were minus two. Is that right? They're yeah. They're minus two in the, in the, in the um, turnover margin. And with an offense, that's already kind of fighting uphill every game. That's just not going to cut it. The TCU's three and four. They now get uh, a week off before they go to Kansas. Next up, Pickle, is Texas. They had a scheduled week off. Mm-hmm. Scheduled week off. I like scheduled weeks off. I'm good with scheduled weeks off. Scheduled weeks off are fine often. by me. <laughs> nope. Scheduled week off? Cool. No problem. Uh, yeah. So uh, Texas did not play. Texas A&M. Was supposed to play, mm-hmm. did not. They got canceled because of COVID nineteen uh, within their own program. And by the way, their game this week has been canceled too, or postponed, I should say, um, against Ole Miss. So they will not play this week either. So there's that. Uh, let's see. Next up is Texas State. Well, okay, I'm going to say this about Texas State. They fought. Yeah. They fought. I thought that there there were times where I thought they were going to tap out in this game. They, they fell down early, seventeen to seven, and that looked like one way traffic. But in fact, were they down even bigger than that? They might have been. Um, mm. They were down. 
Yeah, in the third. Uh, they were down twenty to seven. They were down twenty to seven. Um, there in the, at the uh, early in the second quarter, and I thought they might tap out. I will just say this: they fought. They brought this thing within uh, twenty-one, you know, twenty or thirty to twenty-eight. Um, you know, there in the third quarter, or there, uh, yeah, there late in the third quarter. Um, I or yeah, late in the third quarter. I was I that impresses me. They came up. They they fought, and and I thought that the offense, you know, the Georgia Tyler Vitt, not a bad team either. No, 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 no. Look, Georgia Southern's a good team. That's that's what we expected to happen. Um, but they continue to not be able to run the ball very effectively. I thought that actually they were pay- bailed out by the passing game. I thought Brady McBride played maybe his best game of the year. Um, but the defense just, you know, they defense didn't have an answer for the for the for the triple option of Georgia Southern. That's not necessarily um, a surprise. We kind of expected that. Uh, I'm impressed that they fought. That's kind of where I'm at. And maybe that's just that says more about my. Um, like where my standards are for Texas State. Uh, I did not expect them to win this game, but the fact that they came very close there in the end is impressive. They are, believe it or not, one in nine right now. Yeah, they have got to kit, like quit getting themselves in such a it's, hole that they just can't get out of, even when they start playing well in the second half. It's just, you know, the thing is, it's one of those situations, the same song, different versus Texas State, which is they're playing a team that's better than them. I don't think there's really any doubt that I think George Southern's better than them. They're playing a team that's better than them. They fall behind early, they come back, they make plays, they make it interesting, they can't finish. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the storyline right now. Yep. And, and, and and now part of it is just get more talent, and that's right. part of that's part of Jake Spavital's kind of uh, his, his, his marching orders, but it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. From disappointing to appointing, let's go to Texas Tech. Um, look, <laughs> I don't know what the heck they're doing at quarterback. They basically benched Henry Columbia to bring in Alan Bowman, uh, and then kind of like rebenched Bowman to bring in Columbia. Like snip, it was, snip, I don't know snip, what was going snip, on. Snip, snap. Snip, snap. <laughs> but give a lot of credit to the defense. A lot of credit to the defense. I thought they played really pretty well. Uh, probably, you know, one of their best games. It helps going against the Baylor offense, but still. Uh, that was impressive. I thought Sir Roderick Thompson came up with a couple of the biggest plays. He got very lucky they made that. Not lucky, but he is fortunate. Mm-hmm. They made that field goal because that play where he could have scored – he slid instead to set up a game-winning field goal, which is like, ah! um, that was a little interesting. They end up scoring all, all 12 ends well. We mentioned Jonathan Garibay. He's the, he's the star here, uh, their kicker. Uh, but I thought the defense played well. I think that what I think is interesting about Tech right now is I think that they have a real great depth at wide receiver with no real star. Um but like you talked about Jalen Polk, you talked about Sean Carter, Eric Enzikama, TJ Vasher, uh, Dalton Rigdon. They've got a lot of guys I really like uh, that are starting to develop. If they can settle on a quarterback, maybe they can use it. Uh, but Tech, an impressive win for them uh, to hold serve at home. Uh, they beat Baylor. Uh, They're three and five on the year. They now get uh, at Oklahoma State. And they get a week off and they play at Oklahoma State. So that's not great. But hey, it's a win for Tech. You celebrate the wins where you can get them. They are three and five on the year. UTEP. We can talk about these two teams kind of in tandem in UTEP and UTSA. We'll start with UTEP. Here's the bad. Um, this game was wild ass in the first half. This game was wild back and forth. Um, I thought Gavin Hardison actually played well. Um, I thought Deion Hankins probably wasn't fed enough. I would have run the ball a little bit more. Um, and in the first half, UTEP looked like they were just going to be a thorn in UTSA side, like the whole game. 
But then the defense just collapsed in the second half, and the offense quit moving the ball. Um, and it all fell apart from them. They end up losing in a in a score by a score that's not again not indicative of how close this first half was. It's third, but they lose uh, 52, uh, 52 21. Uh, they are three and four in the year. Look, I think there's signs of life for UTEP. I'm not re- ready. To, I think that they are clearly better than they have been. But uh, yeah, they are three and four right now, and they their game this week with UAB has already been canceled. So cool beans. Yep. And finally. Pickle. Let's talk about UTSA. Let's talk about the other side of that. Yeah. And, you know, similar. Uh, a wild-ass first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the fact that I think Brendan... Bur- uh, I thought that the running game got really go- going very well. Brendan Brady, especially in the second half. Man, Frank Harris was razor sharp, man. 22-26 for 3-12 and three touchdowns. He was great. He would, that's his best game if, for the Roadrunners. And if he's turning the corner, then they've got a lot of really – they've got a lot of good things ahead of them. Zachary Franklin went nuts, 118 yards in the touchdown receiving. Uh, yeah, look, hey, UTSA, 5-4, and four, you know? UTSA, 5-4. and four. It is not without their, their uh, controversy, though. In the middle of the game, they announced that their defensive coordinator, Tyrone Nix, is on administrative leave for an internal investigation. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm not going to speculate, but just the weirdest year. But they're five and four. I think Jeff Trailer has very clearly, at the very least, you can say he started to turn that ship. He started to turn that ship. And, uh, I and that's, was impressed that's impressive. Too, you could see, because I mean, at first we were kind of talking in the slack, like, what, what is UTSA doing right now? Like, They've got to make some adjustments, and and they did just that. Like Jeff Trailer being able yeah. to take those guys, not even at halftime, but in the middle of of the first yeah. quarter, second quarter, he made the adjustments, and then boom, there they went. Like that to me was impressive. Yeah. Is something that we haven't seen from a UTSA offense in a long time. Yeah. So um, UTSA impressive. The Tyrone next thing is weird. We'll keep an eye on it at TexasFootball.com. That is your campus crawl. Uh, yeah, so there you go. And now we go to Ashley Pickle over there in Louisville for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, there was a guy in the comments. Uh, yes. Did our Facebook refresh? Yes. So our, okay, good. It refreshed. So there will be two different videos. I know you can't go back and watch it at this point, but as soon as we end the show, you can go back and catch the rest of the high school portion. So there's that. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Other than that, I okay. think that we are good to go. Okay, that's going to do for us. Thanks for bearing with us while we adjust to this new normal. It'll be like, as, as I mentioned off the off the top, if you, if you missed it, um, I am uh, quarantining for two weeks. I had close contact with somebody who is positive. I am fine. I feel okay. I'll let you know if I don't. Um, but uh, I do have to quarantine for the safety of others. So we're going to do that. But like me. it's going to do for us. Thanks for... Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at textfootball.com. Uh, it's a pickle point to the uh, point to the player of the year trophy. It's over there. I don't have the camera on. We'll get it. I'll, I'll hold that's it up fine. for tomorrow. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get a, we'll get a Vince Young trophy cam for tomorrow. Uh, Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on text football today.